Hello, you've reached the Mayfair Theater Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm Andrew. And this is Josh. It is early this week because I've got this crazy week coming up, and luckily these guys are both working on a Tuesday. So it really worked out. Yeah. Usually we don't do this till Wednesday or Thursday. Anyhow, we will be chatting about May 11th through 17th, 2018. I missed last weekend working here because I was in Montreal for a baby shower party. This Ooh. weekend is the Ottawa Comic-Con. Oh, man. The weekend after, I'm going out to Moncton for my friend's Comic-Con. Jeez. So I'm, I'm not getting any shifts here. That's a... It is not the worst thing, but it just means that no office hours. I'm so behind on advertising stuff and answering emails and doing yeah. all kinds of stuff. So even today, I'm going to like do a couple things while I'm here. It's always fun, though. I like seeing when you have days booked off. I'm like, oh, what fun thing is Josh <laughs> doing? It's always an interesting thing. Well, I always say... If you're missing something fun to do something fun, life's okay. Yeah. And I've missed so many movies here the last <laughs> little while. Even this weekend, I missed Joaquin Phoenix's movie, because yeah. we only had it for a couple days. And, and Low Life. Low Life. You haven't fully missed that I yet. I think I <sighs> watched that on Thursday. But then this... I up, still haven't seen that. You missed that? Yeah. You're going to get to see it on Thursday, or are you working? No, I'll be working. Ah. I, I got to work it. Like, I came in today and was like, did you see Low Life? And I was like, well, I, I worked the first show, and uh, yes, I am working the second show. So no, I will not be seeing Low Life. Yeah, it's this blessing and the curse of the scheduling that we're getting lately. Every once in a while, a big movie gets held over for a bunch of weeks, which makes it a little easier. But sometimes these little indie movies, really a couple days is all they get, and then they go off into the sunset. <laughs> I wanted to go to House of Targ. Our friends at House of Targ are having a video game band in on Wednesday, Whoa. which is the night that I could make it because Thursday I'm on a plane. And be a problem. The video game band is monthly, so it's kind oh. of like weighing the odds of getting out and doing something or yeah. sitting in here and watching a movie. That's not something. So that's like our Rocky Horror or The Room or something. Yeah, <laughs> it's not like a once in a lifetime thing. They'll be back, but. Yeah, it's been busy, and summer's just going to get busier. I, I think that's why we managed to... Originally, our 3D Fest was going to be right on top of Blues Fest. Yeah. And I suggested to Lee that that might not be the best idea. Completely selfishly, so I could go, because yeah. I work Blues Fest, and I didn't want to miss the 3D Festival. Can we get them, him to bump it from Friday to Monday so that I can go to all three nights? Well, the worst <laughs> part be is... very convenient for me. If it's a DCP, or you know, us coming in after hours for our Christmas party or a birthday party or something, it's kind of easy to sneak a screening. 35 millimeter, you have to get one of those yeah. almost extinct people who know how to use a projector. We have to trap that guy here in his yeah. hotel room or whatever and, like, not let him leave. Oh, I forgot about that, too. Yeah, and, and that's why some people ask me why it's not, like, our Kubrick month. Like, it's not a 3D month. And that's why is because it's a guy coming here from Pittsburgh with a trunk full of 35 millimeter films. Yeah. That's why it's a three-day kind of marathon. I love that he's from Pittsburgh. That kind of the, the Romero aspect. I kind of love. Yeah, that. I'm pretty sure it's Pennsylvania. I'm positive, but yeah. in that area, we cracked it down over the weeks. Apparently, he has a 35 millimeter setup at his house. Oh my Ooh. god! See, can we just go back with him and like watch yeah. his cool collection? Because that would be amazing. Andrew, do you know what this guy does? Is he like a film guy or is he a theater guy? I think or? he's like he's a print collector. I guess he tours around with his collection. That'd be neat. I wonder if he Interesting. makes like, a living or semi-makes a living yeah. off of that. Like, is he retired I from think, something? I think he he's taken a couple of his prints and transferred them to Blu-ray. Oh, man. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. This guy sounds amazing. Oh. Yeah. 
Is I he hope he's be here. At the screenings? Like, I do believe yeah. he'll be here to like introduce the movies and stuff. Mm. So that's kind of neat. Oh, man, man, we'll get him on the podcast. That's this what we'll do. Says, oh, that would be amazing. It's all coming together. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is perfect. He's gonna hear this one and be like, "I didn't agree to that." <laughs> I did. I you were contractually obliged. Yeah, what's this podcast they keep mentioning? He, maybe he's like Lee, and he still thinks we're doing like a live radio show. Oh, that'd be good. actually we could get him to call in somehow. I don't know. It yeah. would get awkward and great. So, but I want to see. I wonder if this guy has like a Facebook or an Instagram or something because I would love to see this yeah. collection. I know. I don't know. I'm just speculating. Is it like a car garage? Is yeah. it like if it's? I think it's in his basement. That's what I was going to say. Just, I hope it's the basement. It's, yeah. I, apparently, Lee was telling me that like you can't even walk around in his basement. It's just right. piles oh, of prints, dude. Well, that's the thing. Is like I have a couple hundred Blu-rays and DVDs. Yeah. And they take up a lot of space. So imagine if that was film prints, which yeah. are way bigger, like way heavier. Heavy canisters. <laughs> oh, yeah. I hope which this guy... are cool, though. I do like that Like if, if you order stuff from uh, the label Vinegar Syndrome, you can uh, actually get it sent in those canisters. So oh. like, even if you ordered like one Blu-ray, I believe, you yeah. could just pay extra for a canister, and it comes loose in this canister. And it's like... I, I, when I first saw that, I was like, that's really cool. That's so amazing. And I'm like, what the <laughs> hell am I going to do with this canister? Like, it's just... yeah. So, but it's that's a use it as a lunchbox. Yeah, probably should. Oh, yeah, like you cool. could get like a whole turkey in there. It'd be great. <laughs> that's actually a good idea. Like make a tin lunchbox smaller, but shaped like a thirty-five yeah. millimeter case. That has to be a thing. That dude, the print guy, is gonna hear that and patent that idea. Yeah, <laughs> with all this loose income he's got from. Very, I gotta ask Lee if this guy has. I mean, a lot of times, not to stereotype, but <laughs> if these are like an older film nerd guy, he probably yeah. doesn't know what an Instagram is. I barely know what I an was Instagram kind of is. He doesn't look that old. I think he's oh, yeah? like in his thirties or forties or something. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I imagine some like retired film theater manager. That's, that's like, a story I'm weaving in my yeah, brain. Yeah, yeah, maybe we should never meet him. Like, I like yeah. the version that we have of him. <laughs> where he's the, the frazzle-haired, like, he's basically just, like, a great Scott kind of guy. Like, it's Chris Lloyd's brother or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, I hope. I mean, we're really running with this, but I love it. Well, uh, and also, I'm curious of someone who has a little bit more money, but Quentin Tarantino, if not the biggest, he has a giant film collection. Yeah. But I do believe... Well, they know each other. They, they trade oh, prints. I figured they must yeah. have. Like... Well, Quentin has a bunch of our old prints, doesn't he? I think Lee got Probably, rid of a bunch. Probably, yeah. yeah. And like we've shown a couple of his prints, I believe. Yeah. yeah. You're like, you've got some money, right? Quentin Tarantino? Yeah. <laughs> so... Well, I imagine him to have, like, you know, a warehouse space. Oh, that's what like I'm a, thinking. Like, with, like, a thousand movies in it or something. If I was him, like, yeah, I would just have, like, a property that's just film, like, a setup and all your films. Well, that that was the biggest heartbreak, and I'm not opposed to DCP, especially the glass half-full aspects of you could point at movies that were screening that we would never be able to screen before, mm-hmm. but there's some magic with just watching a film on film. I still remember being in high school and sitting up in the balcony and you could hear it. And that's almost like a fan of vinyl. Like, that's not a positive. That's a negative. Yeah, you're yeah. hearing, you're distracted by the click, 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 click. But there's some magic to that. A few years ago, when there was just film online of prints being destroyed. Yeah. Like, actually sawed in half and then set on fire. That's so weird. And I'm sure if they would have went to numerous film schools around the planet, or people like Quentin, or people like Scorsese, or that they would have taken a bunch of those. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure some were just destroyed. Like, we had some that were just sadly... Well, I don't know if Scorsese would want a print of Firewalker yeah. with Chuck Norris. <laughs> yeah. Well, now, let's not... <laughs> that sounds amazing. But, like, I believe now it's getting to the point where the shipping is the most cost. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, yeah. But there's stories of... I 
forget which movie, but Lee said he got something online for for nothing, like twenty bucks or something. Mm-hmm. So it was like a hundred bucks shipping and twenty bucks, and that's where we're at now, where it's that treasure versus trash, that line, you yeah. know, like yeah. same thing with me. If somebody came to me right now and said we want to give you a hundred film prints, I'd be like, I can't do it. I can't. And, and imagine if you put that in just a generic storage space, yeah. that would cost whatever, 500 bucks a month. That's 5,000, $6,000 a year, whatever. Yeah. Like, and we're not talking Star Wars here for the yeah. most part, you know, cause like, that's the other thing. It, better than burning that stuff is like, you could be cutting that up frame by frame and then mounting that and selling it for a couple of bucks or whatever, you know, like yeah. just as an idea, like just, cause I don't see that. I don't like seeing this stuff get destroyed. Like you just, that's, that's the nuclear option, man. Well, an example of stuff missed. I missed, I think, the last two AGFA screenings we've done. Mm-hmm. You saw those, I think, Andrew. Yeah, I've only that, missed one. One was like a magician one, right? Oh, one, one was Zodiac. If, yeah, yeah, which was amazing, by the way. But that's yeah. an example of movies that, you know, aren't Citizen Kane, yeah. but they're just such fun to see. It's, yeah. it's amazing. Well, it's, there, we did two that were cinema screenings, so I, I don't know what the statute of limitations on that is. Oh, right. They, those yeah. didn't happen. But I think I think we've shown like all but one of their of their things. But I mean, not well, they have we a couple of new ones here. now yet. But yeah, which there's still Tangler. I should say I don't yeah. want to get that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's gonna write in. Oh, that was actually Soul Tangler. Okay, yeah, <laughs> we totally just got interrupted. So we're gonna see if there's an edit point in here. But if not, <laughs> you just got to see some behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah, it all happened so fast. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we were just talking about our friends Agfa, the uh, American oh, yeah. genre film archive. I still gotta buy a t-shirt. It's funny because like classics deserve to be saved, but they're saving kind of B movie treasures. It's so like some of the stuff I, I well almost all the stuff actually that they put out. I'm like, what is this? Or, oh, or yeah. like sort of maybe like Zodiac Killer. I knew that title, but I didn't really know anything about it. And then I'm just like, the more that's the cool thing about what they're doing is like the more you hear about each title, you're like, all right, that actually is kind of neat. Like that, or it's unique at least. I would well, say. there was one. It was the I believe it was Agfa, but it was the Tom Savini movie that we screened. Effects. <clears throat> yeah, Effects. Which was a really good movie, but it, you know, it's one of those, a lot of these films, they didn't get much of a release, yeah. if a release at all, in the first place, so. And there's this assumption that all yeah. movies you know, are out these... there, but they're not. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, and that's, it's same with, like, a lot of the VHS stuff, it's just, oh, yeah. may never get a release at this point. Well, that's why I'm, I'm really excited for the 3D Festival, because... Especially Star Chaser, where yeah. it's, we talked about it before, You're but so just like about it. I've never heard of this thing before, and I keep on talking to other nerds about it, and if I'm not convinced it's a real movie till I see it, because <laughs> it's the original Titan AE. Yeah, <laughs> is that good? I don't even. It's know. just a film print of Titan AE. <laughs> yeah, it should be retitled. But yeah, I, I do love that we're kind of delving back in towards our genre roots mm-hmm. that we kind of got away from a bit, deservedly because genre wasn't being supported, and the grown-up movies were. But it's kind of neat, so I'm hoping that the 3D Fest gets some people coming out. Yeah. I'm hoping that there's rumor that we're trying to track down some more black exploitation stuff that might be re-released. Nice. Andrew started mm. that rumor, didn't he? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to you. Yeah. <laughs> you saw you. Well, we are, we are showing Sweet Sweet back. It was hard to find the poster with the full title, because a lot of the posters... I think, <laughs> they just say Sweet Sweet back, yeah. And of all things, I think it was some, like, DVD re-release that I found that I managed to, like, edit mm-hmm. down and fit in, but... <laughs> I want that full title on the marquee. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that. That's what, yeah, we, we, we short form enough. This one has to be the full title. Not just Sweetback. Yeah, we're taking down the website just so we can fit the full title up there. That's an example. There's one, a friend of mine jokingly for about a decade has been saying we should screen Black Belt Jones because it's his favorite movie. 
and it's a black exploitation movie that's I think not to be mean to it but like three or four tiers below Shaft yeah yeah you know? or Dolomite even like it might be yeah <laughs> but Leaves It is not on it's not in distribution it's not on DVD or Blu-ray so it's we, on DVD. Is it on DVD? But well, it's like, part of a. I have it as part of like a four right pack of black exploitation movies. Dumped it on there. Yeah, so but like the quality, the hard way. We like to show Blu-ray. if yeah. not. Yeah. DCP. Yeah. How bad does DVD look? It like, so a friend. It of depends. Mine, yeah, it depends. It can look okay, but I mean it's DVD. Yeah, right? well, it's and not and really, like a four movie pack too. I'm guessing would like. No, it, no, those four movie packs are like they're really they're, they're like dual layer or whatever. So okay. it's like they're. They don't look as sharp. Yeah. I hardly watch DVD anymore, but every once in a while I'll get something out of the library. And I forget how... Some you don't notice as much, but some you notice this giant hiccup halfway through the movie that I had totally kind of forgot about. Yeah. I was just used to. But having it's just like a pause. And it's only like a second, but it feels like five seconds. And you think, oh, the DVD's broken. You're like, yeah. oh, no, that's just it flipping over to its second side, essentially. Oh, and, you know, Blu-ray doesn't have that because they're so much bigger. And, yeah, there's so much stuff not easily available and not just because of like some crazy Disney vault thing yeah a friend of mine we snuck in and watched a movie for her birthday and she only had it on DVD so I was like okay and it's like a major movie and it looked terrible like just really pixely and blocky and just not good yeah and it's staggering kind of that leap between VHS to DVD to Blu-ray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were all. I just remember that jump originally seemed yeah. just incredible. I was like, wow, it'll never look better than DVD. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was kind of like reminisce. I've always. I would love to ask somebody who is kind of in the trenches of when VHS came out, like a filmmaker who had their films, like George Lucas or Steven Spielberg, or who had their films that were widescreen films put out pan and scan, and that was just the way it was. Yeah. And it seems bizarre now. It seems like. When filmmakers are so picky about director's cuts and, and everything looking great in the cinematography, mm. and then they're like, oh, yeah, we don't care. Cut cut it up and oh shove it into a square. Even, I remember, like, the Attack of the Clones pan and scan for the DVD, they, like, straight up edited some of the shots. Like, they would oh, yeah. pan between <laughs> characters left and right because you couldn't see them because it was a widescreen shot. And I'm just like, people are okay with this? Like, you're straight up, you're actually altering the movie. And it lasted into DVD because I remember the early, early days of DVD... It was a Harry Potter, and it had full screen or widescreen on the cover. So you had the choice. Yeah. So people were picking like, on purpose the full screen one. Yeah, because they weird... weren't the full screen. Yeah. I wanted to be in my full screen. And yeah, you're like, no, so I weird. see what you're saying, but this is incorrect. <laughs> and like, I used to get in, well, I wouldn't say arguments, but you know, when I worked at HMV, but it happened all the time. We literally had to get a sheet that had like... This is widescreen. This is full screen, and just show them the difference because you just—they'd be like, "Oh yeah, they, they cut out some of the movie," and you're like, "No, no, no, they didn't yeah. cut out." Actually, you're missing the movie with the full screen. They're like, "No, no, it's the full screen." I'm like, "Oh no, here's the thing." I remember working at Rogers Video back in the day. It was right across from Barrymore's. Nice. We just had stuff playing, and we had Rush Hour playing, and sometimes the pan and scan people were just lazy didn't even try <clears throat> so sometimes they would cut into it sometimes they would pan and scan mm -hmm. and then on rush hour i just remember this one shot and it was jackie on one side and chris tucker on the other like it was profile and you were just seeing just like the lips or something like the <laughs> nose and lips of jackie and the nose and lips of chris tucker that's it and it, and it was like for 15 seconds just looking at and i just like wow that's poor camera work yeah. but no it's just because they didn't care about the pan and scan 
It's so depressing. Yeah, it's strange. Like, and I guess, it, like, that's almost lost oh, at for this sure. point, I guess, but it even still is upsetting. And just, it, I guess it more just upsets me when when someone's trying to argue that they're losing out on picture by not having the full screen. And you're just like, that's... Oh, the weird reverse now is that if you watch... I'm trying to think of something... Like, watch an old Monty Python TV episode. Yeah. Which is just a square, or approximately the square. Some people will take that and zoom in. Yeah, yeah, or stretch, or stretch it, or whatever, it. yeah. So then that's like a reverse pan and scan yeah. where you're taking John Cleese's face and either squishing it or cutting in so you only see his, like eyebrows to chin instead yeah. of full head shot it's disturbing and i do feel like i think we, we've discussed this before where like you get some nice remastered thing that was originally shot in your 166 or whatever and you're just like oh, i wish that was the full screen like the 60s batman is the one i think of oh, where yeah. i'm watching this show and i was like man i wish this was the entire screen but like i'm not that's just how it was shot you know i don't want it to be yeah. altered because of that but yeah because if you watch the batman 66 blu-rays it's as it should be yeah the title frame will be widescreen or mm full tv and then the thing itself will be the square the old timey thing so and the the movie the 66 movie is anamorphic i'm pretty sure but the series wasn't i don't know well it's like back in the day we screened 16 millimeter a few times and that was the same thing a lot of the time sometimes it was just a smaller aspect ratio but sometimes that was the same thing they'd be taking a well some of these some of those 16 prints were made for television Oh right, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Were they edited for television as well? Like taking some out of them might have been. Maybe some of them. Because I remember we watched Kansas City Bomber, which is one of my favorite B movies, and it was sixteen millimeter, and it seemed okay. But there were some shots where it was like, oh, I think this might have been wider initially. <laughs> That yeah. sounds good. I don't even. I've never even seen that. Oh, that's is Ra- it about a bomber? No, it's Raquel Welsh roller derby movie. It's oh. so good. It's I was so thinking good. of the Mad Bomber, uh, which is one of my favorite B movies. <laughs> yeah, with the Rifleman. Uh, what's his name? Kirk Connors or Chuck Connors? I should say not not Kirk Connors, the lizard from <laughs> Spider Man. <laughs> the lizard from Spider Man. <laughs> Man, I've really covered so much ground in the last ten seconds. That guy's cool. Yeah. Okay, we're going to run out of time because we've got, we've got some cool movies to talk about. Well, part yeah. of it was the interruption, but still. Yeah. Unedited. It's right. Last week we were like, we're at 17 minutes, but when I edited it, it got down to like 16 or so, but still. we're at like 19 now. <laughs> Let's see. So yeah, May 11th through 17th. We have a bunch of movies this week that I'm going to miss that I'm sad about. Oh, man. One, a rather kind of heavy drama. Uh, we had a sneak preview of this movie recently that was a secret sneak preview for the community and now we're glad to have it back is Indian Horse the behind the scenes of this is interesting directed by and I only know this from IMDB but he won the Lifetime Achievement Camera Operator Award wow. so he's done all kinds of cool I didn't cool even know things. that was a thing yeah it's, it's uh, the Camera Operator Union Society okay. something like that and so he is an indigenous person and he's done this movie when we held the preview screening it was a good but heavy night. Like, there was people oh, yeah. leaving crying. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's about a young boy abused in the system and everything that I'm sure a lot of the people at the screening could identify with. Mm-hmm. Uh, heavy drama, but it's it's one that's getting a lot of buzz, not just because of Clint Eastwood's association. And it won, if I'm remembering correctly, it won the People's Choice Award at, like, Edmonton, Victoria, Calgary Film Festivals. So it's kind of on that circuit right now. I'm glad we're getting it too because I know a lot of people were a little upset that they didn't get they found out about the screening after and they were yeah. like I wanted to see that so it's yeah. like good that we did get it and then we have Red Sparrow starring Oscar winner Jennifer Lawrence which I wanted to see and I'm going to miss <laughs> because I'm at the uh, Comic Con this weekend it looks like I kind of say this jokingly and in a positive way because it makes me want to see it it looks like somebody 
read a story arc of a recent Black Widow comic book and made it into a movie. <laughs> See, that's so right up your alley then, really. Yeah, because it's about like a woman who went through training as a kid to be like an assassin yeah, or whatever. Yeah. That I'm like, like I don't Carter know. a little bit too. Yeah, like a side character on that. A reunion of Jennifer Lawrence and her director who did the last few Hunger, Hunger Games, Games movies. Games. So that guy's got some big box office so under his belt. So it's like it's like a, a big kid version of Hunger Games, but with uh, spies and yeah, spies. like a spy film. And it's we were speaking about 14A last week. It's an 18A movie. Oh, so that's kind of a, a rarity. rarity. Yeah. Oh man. And there was an R film the other day, and I was thinking of you. Well, I was like, yeah. oh, wow, an R film? Jeez. <laughs> I'm doing a bunch of, I'm doing a couple panels and going to be at the Comic-Con this weekend and probably hanging out with Out of Town Friends afterwards, so I'm going to miss that movie. Oh, man. But for fun reasons. Yes. If you're missing something cool to do something cool, it's okay. Yeah. Comic art panels are like panels of panels. Like, it's, yeah. Know. Nerds talking <laughs> to nerds. <laughs> Doubled up. Then we have Wes Anderson's latest stop motion animation, Isle of Dogs. So excited about! That. I couldn't believe I like I like refreshed the page a few times when I saw we got this for like a week. I was like, I just I didn't think we would, <laughs> we would get it. I'm so excited. And it got I think Andrew, you were saying that it got a tiny release. I think somebody was asking you about it. You had said and and that it's like barely came to Ottawa. It did, but I mean, I don't think I don't know if it played. At a lot of theaters. I don't and, think so. You know, and, and if it did, like... I don't, I don't even know if a lot of people saw it. No, I think it was, like, maybe, like, Canada or something. It was, like, Canada, there was some played, weird, yeah. out-of-the-way place. But they have 24 screens, so... Oh, that's they, true. You know, they, they, get play, they have to play a lot of movies. They're still playing Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's kind of staggering that a movie comes out by Wes Anderson with this bonkers cast that yeah. has Bill Murray and Jeff Goldblum and Brian Cranston and mm-hmm. Scarlett Johansson, and it barely gets a release great reviews too yeah like like a a lot of people were raving about it you know and i loved fantastic mr fox there's something bizarre about it that even though it's stop motion it still looks like a wes anderson movie Mm. and if you're listening to this in a punctual manner our sunday afternoon screening at 3 30 is a bring your dog screening oh another screening Ah. so i I don't i don't know if that's an upsell or not get some dogs bring (laughs) some dogs that sounds amazing I i hope it works a few years back we screened, this is years ago, Up, and we did a Bring Your Dog Bring screening. Bring Your Balloons screening. Bring Your Balloons and Dogs. <laughs> and it worked. And I don't think I'm exaggerating. There was like 50 or 60 dogs. Man. And then 100 humans. The hilarious part then was there's a part in the movie where the dogs go, squirrel, and bark at the squirrel. And every time that oh, happened, man. the 60 dogs <laughs> in the audience all barked. <laughs> and a few of the humans, and too, we, for yeah. some reason. And nothing bad happened. There was no... Accidents or dog fights or yeah. nothing like that. So it's uh, this is the best and weirdest thing ever. Like I don't, I don't even. It's quite an upsell. Like I, I'm, I'm definitely going to be telling people about the dog screening now. And I think it's just we. There was no dog movies. I, I think that's all. Like retro movies are harder to get. And it was up. And then was some other kids movie we screened that was uh, it was like Hotel for Dogs or something. <laughs> I was going to say Bingo. I'm bingo. Like, it's never yeah. Bingo. Kind of a rarity, a fun rarity, and I wish I was free to bring my dog, but I will be occupied uh, at the Comic-Con. That's so sad. I know. It's, 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 but great. I don't know. Yeah. I feel so conflicted. I'll just bring it to a normal movie sometime. Yeah, it's no, that's going to be fun. So I Love Dogs. We have it for a full seven days. Sunday's our dog day, but lots of chances to see that movie. Dog day afternoon. Dog day afternoon. You might say. We're going to screen dog day afternoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All dog screening. It's like, there isn't a dog in that movie. <laughs> Then our Ottawa premiere this week is a, a tribute to old, like, 1950s drive-in classics. It came from the desert, and it's a giant ant movie. Bring your own ant. Bring your movie. own ant. 
God, that would be Bring terrible. Bring your ant farm. Yeah, yeah, they got their ant farm. It's really good. Ant farms just seem like the worst idea of all time. And I know they were a big thing in like the 60s or something, but like, yeah. how many just broke and there were ants all over your house? I thing? don't. Yeah, and I always think of that Simpsons episode where they've got it in space and then they're, the, yeah. the ants are all going around. It's, it's similar. It came from the desert. I don't know this at all, but it, it's strangely based on an obscure 1980s video game, I guess. Oh. And I only know that from the blurb that I cut and paste over to the flyer. Oh, man. I would have put that, like, front and center. It, yeah. Because like, that's very intriguing. I wonder if I can find a clip on YouTube and stick it on there. But it's funny because one of my favorite movies is Joe Dante's Matinee. Matinee. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Flick. Which is about a giant ant movie. <laughs> so it's it's uh, with John Goodman and such a great era of film. And it's fun that we have this kind of a little bit before our drive-in yeah. or sorry our, our 3D Mant I believe Mant. it was yeah <laughs> oh that was a good movie if you get the Blu-ray apparently the entire Mant movie is on there <laughs> what separate awesome. yeah like, well maybe it's like 60 to because those movies back in the day you know they'd be like 75 minutes right 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 so yeah, that'd be interesting. Because, yeah, because they just put out, like, a deluxe uh, release of that. Yeah, not, I have it. It's great. Ago. Yeah. That's cool. such a good... I, I saw it for the first time, like, a year or two ago. And it's... Especially, like, working in a theater, it's really... It kind of made me feel, like, a little bit like The Majestic, which a lot of people sort of hate on. But, like, just working in a theater or loving theater, like, it's just, you know, you get that feeling watching some of those yeah. scenes. And yeah. you're just like, ah, film is so great. And then we have the continuation of our Stanley Kubrick Festival, A Clockwork Orange. That almost screwed me up because the poster just says Clockwork Orange. And oh. I almost went to print without the ah uh, oh, in there. A lot of that throws me up uh, with band names too. I'm like, is there a the in front of this or not? Because some people, you know, for certain bands or, or titles, or you just get used to sort of shorthanding it. Ramones. Then, yeah, exactly. You want to say the Ramones, but it's yeah. here are Ramones. That sounds weird. It gets to here are Ramones. That's what you're saying. You'd be a good announcer for the Here are Ramones. <laughs> <laughs> so Clockwork Orange is our second of for Kubrick films this month. God, I don't know. It's one of those go-to movies that you see when you're 13 and you're like, yeah, I'm going to see an R-rated movie. Yeah, yeah. And you see it and you're scarred for life. Yeah. And you're like, this isn't fun at all. It's very heavy, like, especially at that age. I remember seeing it younger and, and yeah, I'm just like, ah, huh. Well, and not to make light of it at all, but rape is in the tagline of the movie. I didn't even notice that until yesterday. Yeah. And I was looking at the poster and I was like, I didn't realize it just straight up said that. Right like, there. I, was like, yeah. I thought we were just sort of like not talking about that. And there it is. And it's become such a kind of a Halloween poster and a poster up in college kids' walls yeah. and a Simpsons reference that you forget that it's like the guy Bart Simpson dressed as yeah. <laughs> did a horrible thing in that movie. Oh, yeah. It's not like some kind of fun anti-hero, you know. It's, of course, a young... I don't know how young, but a young Malcolm McDowell. Youngish. Who has gone on to do tons there, of stuff. Think, some good, some bad. I mean, now I my, I always think of Star Trek Generations, Rob Zombie's Halloween. Yeah. He does a lot like of... You jumped the generations yeah, in those I, ones. I was thinking of If at first, because someone was just mentioning that. I think it was like 68. Andrew would know for sure, but yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but like he's—it's so weird to see him pop up in just random things. Oh yeah, and, Caligula, yeah. <laughs> Caligula, yeah, another laugh riot, you know. When he's done, just like a working actor, like he's done some sitcom stuff. I can't remember exactly, but I might be hallucinating this. But there was like a Whoopi Goldberg sitcom or something that only lasted a year, and that he was right. on it. Like it was like he was just one of the characters on it. He was like her boss. <laughs> so he's just a working actor who kind of. 
every once in a while is in some cultural touchstone, yeah. you know. And then in other stuff, he just doesn't say no. And you're yeah. like, okay, so you're in the uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night remake or whatever. Well, even like, like, this was a few years back, but he played a villain on the Teen Titans Saturday morning cartoon. So kids will recognize the voice from that. And then 20 years from now, they'll be watching Clockwork Orange and be yeah. like, hey, it's that guy from Teen Titans. I love stuff like that, though. And like, uh, was it Tony Todd that did the voice in The Flash? Uh, maybe like Zoom, maybe. Oh no, no. Or... Oh, I can't remember. Is Michael it... Dorn did a voice. Okay. Yeah, yeah not... but all those guys are all over. Everyone with a cool voice basically ends up doing that. Geek TV and movies are very, in a good way, I think, very taking care of themselves right now, and that's why a few years back you saw Christopher Lee get to be in a bunch of movies. I think you're going to see that with Bruce Campbell in the years to come. Directors as well. Like, I think it's a shame that Joe Dante is kind of. I think he's kind of in director jail because. Small Soldiers flopped, yeah. and then he did that Looney Tunes movie and that flopped. Did you do uh, My Super Ex-Girlfriend? or Something like that, like yeah. That. But he's done, I might be thinking of Rightman, I can't remember now. You look at his IMDb the past few years, and he's working, like he's making a living. Yeah. I noticed a name on a couple of the DC Comics shows, I think, recently, but they're talking about a Gremlins 3, and I'm like, if Joe Dante doesn't direct Gremlins 3, that's a travesty. And they just announced Bill and Ted's 3 today. Moments officially ago. Officially official. I'm so. excited about it. I know some people don't like sequels, but I think if a sequel has a good story... Well, and, and, and for me too, it's like Keanu Reeves willing to be silly at this point. Like, I just respect yeah. the hell out of someone who can, who's, who's been there, done that, and he can just be like, you know what, John Wick 3, we're going to wait a sec, and, well, yeah. it's already in the can, but still, you know, and he can just be silly. Well, in Bill and Ted, it's from the creator is writing it still, like, so the two guys who wrote the first one, and then worked on the second one as well, and it's from the director, a new director from Galaxy Quest, which is great. Okay. So that's a, that's a good creative team right there, yeah. and... No announcement yet on who's going to replace poor George Carlin, but I'm sure that'll be mentioned somewhere. Ten years ago, I heard about this story where they wanted to do a movie where it was, like, supposed to be 20, 25 years later, and everything didn't come together. Yeah. And they're like, why are we rich and famous? Yeah. And, like, that's a good joke to start the movie. That's so... Or depressing. Like, if they wanted to go the opposite direction, you're like, wow, this really took a dive. (laughs) Totally heavy drama. So strange. So then our last film this week is a, a fundraiser. And it's a screening of Labyrinth, which yeah. is one of my favorite kid movies. So good. I couldn't remember if it was secret or not. I was going to mention no, it. Yeah, like, yeah. You can come Sunday to Double Bill, not a real Double Bill, but what I call Double Bill, for Labyrinth and Isle of Dogs. Yeah. How good would that be? Oh, and there's so cool. dogs. And there'll be dogs there. Yeah. And Labyrinth, it's George Lucas was the executive producer. Jim Henson was the story and director. Terry Jones from Monty Python was the screenwriter. Man. And then David oh, Bowie did it. the music. So it's just, I don't think it was a flop, but it wasn't a hit. Yeah. And it shows you that even with a big resume behind it, sometimes yeah. movies just don't catch. They're like titans of the industry, really. Oh, yeah. Was Spielberg involved at all? Or? I don't think so, but it was Jim Henson on the heels of The Muppet Show. Yeah. George Lucas a couple years after Return of the Jedi. Terry Jones after the Monty Python movie. So all these guys who had just come off all this really cool stuff. Yeah. And it just kind of, I remember as a kid, David like, Bowie. It just, and David Bowie's <laughs> David Bowie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I watched that here a few years ago when we screened it for like Kids Club or something. And yeah. It's a, a prime example of 80s kids movies being different than present day kid movies. Oh, yeah. I never saw, uh, well, I mean, not that I remember, but I didn't really see Dark Crystal as a kid, but Labyrinth was oh my like God. our movie. You know? Yeah. Like we would watch that one all the time. And so Dark Crystal was like, I didn't really know that one all that well, but I, I, I think they go hand in hand in some ways, I guess. And but... Labyrinth, I was the Marvel comic adaptation. There was cereal boxes. I can't remember what the toys were, but I remember cereal box stuff, just stickers or something probably. 
And anything really would be. And I'm sure it was a movie where they thought, like, let's make a. Tr- this is going to be like Star Wars. We'll make a trilogy or like oh, yeah. Muppets, make a number of movies. And and uh, yeah, it just didn't work. And same with Dark Crystal. Brilliant. Just did one. That was it. Are they are making a prequel to that or a sequel? I think they're trying. Movie? I still don't know if it's 100% official. It's so weird. Like, that's just how news works these days on yeah. the internet where you're just like, this is happening. It's happening for real. You run yeah. with this. And they're like, okay, so it wasn't happening for real. But now yeah. it is. Or is it? And then, like, Michael Keaton and Tim Burton are like, uh, oh no, we're totally not doing Beetlejuice 2. That's, That's, uh, I literally yesterday saw someone like uh, sharing posters for that, and they were like, it's coming out in August. And I was like, <laughs> okay, not to be that guy, because I hate being that guy, but I don't think it's coming out in August. Yeah. <laughs> like, you were tricked. Yeah, sadly. So let's wrap this up. Again, you guys are on the clock, so you can get back to actually working. That's fair. Do check out our website, all our social media stuff for up to the second updates. Go visit our friends at House of Targ. They're getting a Iron Maiden machine. And they just had Star Wars Day there, which was really fun. They're doing all kinds of cool stuff all oh, yeah. the time. How was the, uh, not to extend oh, this, yeah. but how was the trivia night? That's, uh, it was fun. Sure. The, the funny thing was the lovely staff there went in thinking we knew what we were doing. <laughs> we went in there thinking the staff knew what oh, they were no. doing. But, but the manager or the owner in between kind of tricked us both. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, the, the staff was great and helpful. The audience was very forgiving. And I find if you're ever in a situation like that, go up and, and the first thing into the microphone is say, we don't know what you're doing, so help us out. Yeah. And everyone laughed and was fine. And but it, it, That wasn't a joke. Yeah, yeah. No, we don't know what we're doing. But yeah, it was good. Did end up showing, we thought it might show some cool clips of stuff, but their projector was like on a wall with okay. the projector. It just didn't work. But the audience seemed happy with just doing yeah. the trivia. We did some audio trivia that we thought would work and then didn't, so we had to like run <laughs> and plug in my laptop to their staff room. Okay. So it was where the music was coming out of. So I'd be in the back going like, number three! And then <laughs> Lee would read like the number three question. But everybody was very nice at the end and thanked us and everything. The only funny thing was, you know, trivia can be a tough sport. Oh, yeah. And there was one person there who was, I thought at first jokingly, but actually angry at us because it wasn't all movie questions. Okay. And I kind of held my tongue, which I'm not doing now, (laughs) but nowhere on the program did it say Star Wars movie night. Yeah, it's just Star Wars. And in fact, the little poster that Black Squirrel made, it was Star Wars with, if you looked in the letters, you could see stuff. You could see like stuff from the animated series and stuff in there. And especially Star Wars, which in 40 years has been Saturday morning cartoons and TV movies and video games and comic books. Mm. So it was a good mix, I think, but they were upset because... They, I guess, wanted to be all movie questions. Well, they were, like, yeah, they crammed for the movies only for all those nights. I guess, yeah. <laughs> but everybody else, when we had a, an obscure comic book question or cartoon question, you could hear the buzz. And they were like, oh, I remember that. Or yeah. Yeah, I remember that Saturday morning cartoon. And the one I did was when I was a kid, possibly my first memory of Star Wars is I got a comic book with this character called Jackson, which is a green bunny smuggler like Han. But he's like a green bunny. And he was in five or six issues. That was in the slideshow portion. Yeah. And put a picture of Jackson up there. And there was a buzz in the air where people knew who Jackson was. And <laughs> I, I don't like think the... saying Jackson. Jackson. Per- Michael Jackson. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't think the person was happy with us for that. And then every time we asked like a comic or video game question, we kind of look at them and kind of like timidly. Yeah. I jokingly said to Leo, I was like, we were like halfway through. And I'm like... Let's just wing nothing but 20 comic book and video game questions from here on in. That's what you should have done in the back in the staff room. Come up with ones just for that one person. Yeah. How do you like this now? But it was fun. It was a lot of work. We'll see if they uh, ask us to do it again. Now we kind of know what we're doing. You'll crush it next year. Yeah. That's all that matters. Yeah, it was fun. Fun. 
Now we're way over time. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, I had to know. Okay. I had to know. What was I going to say? Keep watching the, keep the skis. Keep watching, keep watching the skis. <laughs> keep watching this guy. <laughs> so thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week with another Mayfair Theater podcast. Keep coming and watching movies and buying popcorn, and we'll keep showing cool stuff. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. See you later. Bye. You had a mini stroke. <laughs> I, was I was like, why is he looking at me? Enter. Jim. Dragon. Kelly. He clobbers the mob as Black Belt Jones. I lost three of my best men in there. Now I'm asking you as a favor. You're asking me to be the fourth. Get a couple tanks and blast it down. Forget it, man. I ain't going in there. It's a fortress. Well, fortress or no, it's top priority. <laughs> so am I. It's suicide. And dust to dust. Now, who killed my father? Who's Pinky? What you wonderful little mama? I ain't your mama. She is good, man. She is bad. Boy, what are you talking about? Sydney. She went into the hip pocket. What? She's a fighter like us, man. It's pop, pop. She is bad. Ooh, she's bad. Now, what are you doing? No, no, you stay here till I get back. Do those dishes or something. They're done. Jones leads his private commandos into the nerve center of a gangland stronghold to crack a super crime conspiracy. Enter Jim Dragon Kelly. This is the movie that breaks through to a new dimension in film excitement as Kelly takes on the underworld.